<laughs> again, it's it's always very um difficult when you start debating between money and success. So people classify money as success, like as soon as they have money, they feel like they are successful already, like they've achieved everything they want to achieve. Some others are chasing trophies, titles, and every other thing. But one way or the other, I don't think Yanis cared so much about what people were going to say. He believes that he can win, and he also believes that he can be successful at the same time and get the money at the same time while in Milwaukee. So the decision to sign the five-year, $228 million deal might have come as a shock to a host of people, but to the man who decided to dedicate his future to Milwaukee, I don't think it's so much of a surprise. Anyway, hello guys, welcome to another episode of the On About Nothing podcast. I have the usual crew tonight. Um, Kunle is unavoidably, unavoidably absent, but we have a new returner. Bullish, thank you for running away last week. <laughs> thank you for having me today. Last week was excellent. I'm back now. Yeah, are you sure you didn't run away because of the old Barcelona saga? No, yeah, no. There's no beating that is bigger than any beating that I've not seen. This is a safe space. This is a safe space. You can say anything. (laughs) (laughs) We lost it not long ago. (laughs) (laughs) I can bounce myself. Anyway, if anybody is talking about a place being a safe space, I don't think it should be you, Aki. You guys are on the verge of relegation from the Premier So I don't think you are in a position to advise people about therapy. Thank you for reminding me. All right. All right. Thank you for joining us, Aki. As always. Thank you, Thank you so much. Um, our, last, our last but not the least is Royal Troublesomeness, my one and only boss himself. Right. It would make sense if I visit him only for weekend collect. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, your own personal money. No. The one where you are putting the share. Santa Claus money. The one where you are putting the share. No, 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 no. Santa Claus, you just the common not, not pronoun. So I go, I go mail him. Go, he go reach your side. You don't need mail him. You don't need mail him. Just do wire wire. Thanks for having me on the show tonight, guys. Um, Bullish, um, I spoke about the decision, Yannis' decision to stay in Milwaukee. Honestly, God asked me um, a few months back, I would have said Yannis was destined, after their playoff second round loss in Miami Heat, I would have said Yannis is destined to join the Golden State Warriors. They were going to find a trade package to give to Milwaukee to pick Yannis. I don't think the Bucks would want to lose Yannis on a free. But surprise, surprise, a few days back, Yannis decided that, you know what, my future is here in Milwaukee. And I'm going to sign the Supermax extension. How did the news get to you? Were you surprised as much as I was? So to an extent, I, I, I wasn't as surprised because the expectations for Yanis, uh, the trajectory for Yanis is a bit different. You know, he's an over okay. year, 15-round pick. The expectation on him to win a championship is not as big as maybe... Someone like LeBron, the you know KD, the um the Steph, and the likes, and the likes, uh-huh. and the fact that you know the, 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 him winning two MVPs is actually a testament to how great he has surmounted the expectations that that were laid on him. So to an extent, you know, sure. the Greek, the Greek guy, someone that at some point was sending so much money home at the at during his rookie stage that he didn't even have money to go to the stadium. So. The kind of way he is, I, I wasn't expecting to pass on that kind of contract, which is the biggest contract in NBA wow. history. So I, I expected wow. to sign. And the truth is, 
other than the fact that on the court they, they've not gone past the second round, every other thing in terms of facility, in terms of um, personnel, front office, coach, um, recruitment, the box, the box have been doing what they can to try to like make him, you know, satisfied. Yeah, they've not done, they've not gone past the second round, but you can see their ability, their, you can see their willingness, you know, make the right trade, getting the right players, bringing, you know, the right kind of mix to make him excel. Because if they've not done that, he probably would not have won the two MVPs. So he, he, yeah, he, 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 he can point to those as progress, you know, winning defensive player of the year, something that only MJ and Akim has done before. So the, the organization has actually done enough, enough to actually, you know, want him to stay. So I, I wasn't like all the, or very surprised that he was, he was, staying, he was signing the contract. Obviously, that contract package is actually very large contract package. And staying in Milwaukee means doesn't stop him from getting all the endorsement deals he, he needs. Because you can think about his Greek freak shoes. They are doing so well yeah, internationally. So you can imagine. So he doesn't have to be in New York or in Golden State you know, to sign those big endorsement deals. So I think I, I wasn't as shocked that he signed the deal. Wow. Um, anyway, let me just correct something. I think um, what Bolif was trying to say was um, Akim and Akim, Yanis and Jordan Adil Plus have won MVP and Defensive Player of the NCAA. Yeah, that's that's yeah, so, Akin, he spoke about um, Boris is talking about commitment and what have you. Anthony Davis received some sort of commitment from the New Orleans Pelicans, but it wasn't enough. He, he demanded a trade, found himself in the Lakers with LeBron James, and voila, in his first season, he won the NBA title, which every NBA player or most NBA players are after. How long do you think Yanis can wait with Milwaukee? To achieve the kind of success that he wants, because despite the fact that we understand that he comes from a poor background, greatness is also measured on what you win. How long do you think Yanis is going to give to the box organization to say, "Okay, we need to win this now," or do you feel like he has made that mistake by not moving to another team? Um. Uh, uh, okay. Like for for me personally, I feel um away from what what he, what this contract actually means. To him or to uh, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, I feel I look at the age first. Like, is, he, is there still age on his side? And I think he has an option to go after the fourth year or so, right? Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But then I feel he's someone he's someone that's actually when he is a big guy on commitment and uh, loyalty. And I think that's one of the reasons, one of the things he has actually ride on, or the the, the the team has ride on with him. So I believe he's still going to stick with them for as long as it takes. And uh, like uh, Bolly said, he, he has actually achieved. He's not the kind of player like the rest, like uh, LeBron or KD, they, that people actually expect them to win a championship. You get me? But mm-hmm. there's one the beauty of this thing is that why I am happy about this actually is that the fact that he's staying put and the fact that in the eastern conference the competition is balanced too because i wouldn't want a situation whereby even if he's not able to go to the golden state warrior or traded to the ghost warrior and he gets traded to miami it's voila it becomes a one-sided because a one-sided uh conference everybody league. knows yeah league. everybody knows the the, the the team that will come out of that league that okay, these guys will make the playoff. So I like the fact that it's balanced now. And 
from what Miami Heat pulled off uh, in the playoff, uh, it goes to show that that uh, conference is back to being competitive as uh, what we expect, but not as competitive as the Western Conference. But then it's, it creates this sort of balance, which is very, very good for the for, for the NBA. So that's what I like about this, him staying in the Milwaukee uh, box. Um, that's... I don't know what I like about it yet. I'm trying to figure it out. But maybe Bright has that answer for me. Uh, because Bright, um, for someone who, who dabbled in semi-professional or amateur athletes at some point, if you were in his shoes, would you rather go for the fame and the success? Or would you rather go for the fame of a New York City and be like, okay, you know, take me to New York, the fame. I know Bollish talk about you could get your endorsements in Milwaukee, but compared to being compared to you having your face in Times Square, nothing matches that or being the big the big fish in California or what have you. Would you have to choose the money or would you decide that okay the success is more important? Um I would just speak a little of what everybody has said and I would add something that mm-hmm. everybody has kind of ignored. Now I know um at this point it might look like Yanis made the wrong decision, but at the same time okay. you we need to look at what um Akin said that he still has age on his side. We need to look at what mm-hmm. um Polish said that you you have to acknowledge the fact that he's still making the big box, even in the box. And we need to look at the fact that he is looking at this. I think or I would love to think he's looking at this in the case of posterity, in the case of what will happen in the future. Now we must not lie to ourselves, there's going to be a very great shift in the NBA in the coming years. And where Yanis would be would be determinant of what would happen. The the dominating franchise now would not be the dominating franchise then. And I'm quite sure that sure. the box would have a strong grip in where the power shifts will be moving in the next four or five years. So t- taking a look at that, he, he still has the window for a trade in the next four or five years. He still has a lot of cards on deck. And is is getting a lot of money presently. So I think is 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 like Akinos also pointed out is a guy that you know blacks loyalty coming from a poor background immigrants and all of that. Now is 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 the way I see it. I think he's looking further than what is now and looking at what would be, because I have to be very sincere with you guys. The old nonsense trade that is happening, Houston Rockets, the old thing will go into shambles very soon. And it will look like somebody from nowhere, say a a, a Sons or a Pelican that has that has gathered all the first draft and all those nonsense nonsense will just spring up like a phoenix from the ashes. So there's going to be a power shift, no doubt. I think Yanis is just trying to look at opportunity cost and place himself in the right place that would favor him in the nearest future. Anyway, I'm not very good at predicting the future, but I hope the city of Milwaukee gets something to cheer about with Giannis and what have you. And besides, it makes for interesting copy. Um, before I move on from the NBA, um, Bolish, we're not around last week. I was talking about the James Harden trade. I'm sure you've seen all the drama and everything going on, and it feels like. And what we've learned over the years is that if the star player says I want to leave, most times they usually always get what they want. Now, would you change your resolve if you're the Houston Rockets and say, okay, let me trade him and get the best I can or... Do you believe that they can still keep him? Well, I read a, a, like an article from Mark Mahon on ESPN. And the truth is, 
the gentleman has always been the go to Las Vegas on Thursday, come back on Friday, and <laughs> drop two points, triple double. Yeah, yeah. It's always been like that. <laughs> and the truth is, he loves basketball so much that I, I am I am almost like say ninety five percent sure that if they don't trade him and eventually he has to play in their jersey. He's not going to come on the P, uh, on the floor and drop 20 points or continue to drop mediocre 15 points. I know he has, like, you know, you know, he has a sense of pride, a sense of um, duty, mm-hmm. a sense of um, standard. Let me, yeah, let me put it that way. You know, he, mm-hmm. he has a reputation for being one of the best scorers in our game today, one of the being one of the best scorers in the history of the game. So I, I so I don't think he's going to come yeah. on the floor and then play mediocre. So as much as they probably will start listening to offers, considering how he has behaved in the last you know week or so, they also will be more conscious of the fact that they want to get the best for him. Because as much as you want, you don't want to lose the exciting for you know one or two pieces. You want to get as much value you can. See what Milwaukee um, gave up for Drew Holiday. By the time, by the time you look at what yeah. they give up for Drew Holiday, you start thinking. See what Anthony Davis, see what they give up for Anthony Davis, um, Pelicans. So by the time you start thinking about it, you know, you, you know that just adding, you know, top three MVP voting for the last three, four years, you want to get the best. So you just have the conversation with him. Okay, James Harden, you understand you want to go, you understand you want to move. But let us help us help you. We'll, we'll work with you. We can perform a three-team trade, we can perform a two-team trade, whatever it is we need to do to get you out. But for now, we need to show up. We need to ball as they always do, and we need to, you know, give it your bet so that you can have this, um, you know, just have a one-to-one discussion with him and then clear it out. Because it doesn't make sense for him. It doesn't make sense for the team for him not to be on the floor, for him not to be performing. So at the end of the day, it's just about having a communication with the and saying, okay, we know you want to leave, but for now, okay, let's say next four months before the uh, mid-season trade comes in. We can do this, this, this. Let's do this together. Let's have an agreement and then move from there. I only have one question, um, Bolish. If I gave you Ben Simmons and two first round picks, would you give me James Harden? Considering that he doesn't want to stay. Now, if if I had an yeah. option, now there are two things you need to consider here. Do I have an option to keep James Harden? If I have an option to keep him, I will always keep James Harden over Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is. We are just we are okay. still talking about potential because there are so many things he can do, but he doesn't do. He doesn't have a jump shot. He doesn't even attempt the jump shot. But if I don't have an option, that means I have to take him. That means James Harden has to leave. Then I rather I get to Ben Simmons because even though he doesn't have a jump shot, when I start looking at what he does for you know creating chances, his assist ability, you know, around defensive, play, he's one of the monstrous defender. So when I start thinking about stuff like that. I, I can always, you know, look at it. Okay. There was a time Philadelphia had pieces around um, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and then they were really good. They were almost how many shots away from going to the final against Kawhi? So, like they were shot, shot, like they were shot away exactly. from getting into. So yeah. If I'm good, if you are giving Ben Simmons, I'll just know that okay, I probably will play Ben Simmons the way Milwaukee plays Giannis, um, and I build around Giannis because he has the ability. So I'll take him. I'll take him. I'll take Ben Simmons. That's like the only right deal actually for them, considering what it's work. Um, that's nice. Um, okay. Does the the pairing of um, Joel Embiid and James Harden 
does it get Houston? Uh, does it get sorry? Does it get the Philadelphia 76ers if the trade happens? I'm assuming the trade happens now, and Embiid has to partner with James Harden. Is that enough to get the Sixers at least to the NBA Finals? Like, does it? Does that take them out of the East? Ah, well, that's a tough one, though. It does, obviously, now because those guys actually pull good numbers. Like on a good on their like on their good days, they will give you numbers. They will give you points per game. So yes, that actually works. Trust me, I would actually pick that too. Well, um, uh, Bright, the Miami Heat lost to your Lakers in six games in last NBA Finals, and the initial plan everyone thought from the Godfather. I'm talking about by trial for the Miami Heat was. Okay, I'm going to go after Yanis in 2021. Yanis is off the table now. There was rumors about okay, Harden has added the Miami Heat to this list of potential teams he wants to play for, and yet he had talk about oh, the Miami Heat are saying we're not going to give up Tyler Hero, blah blah blah. With Yanis off the board, if you're the Miami, do you go all in for James Harden to be like okay, we're almost there last year? Can Harden take us to the next one? I I think any team that can that has a shot at Harden at this point in time would would want to go at it. But at the same time, I think um, it will almost be drilling off course for the Miamis. Because in all sincerity, in all sincerity, I think we were all in awe of what they did last season. And uh-huh. it would only make sense for them to build on it. It would only make sense for them to like uh, find missing piece of the jigsaws and not like trying to trying to change the whole dynamism of the team. Because bringing in Jay Sardin into the Miami East now would change the whole team. They would have to restructure. They would have to trade like two, three players. Tyler would have to go. And I'm a big admirer of the boy. He, he has been playing good basketball. I've been following his game even right from college. I know he's not the, he's not the contemporary type of basketball player everybody wants to see, but the kid has got skills and he can, ball, he can play the ball. So... I don't think going out for James Harden will be a good thing because the whole situation is a mess right now. The whole situation is a real mess. And getting involved in big money deals would not pay the Miami it's at the moment. So I think they should just build on what they have and rough go go through the season. They might just make it to the conference final, but that way there's consistency in the team. The whole team can can play as a unit rather than depending on Two superstars that more often than not never works. So, sorry, sorry. I want to I want anyway. to ask a question though. I, um, Bullish and um, Wally okay. and uh, do you feel? Do you guys feel like if um, the Miami Heat team were LD uh, for this playoff that just finished, mm. uh, did, did they actually have any chance mm. of winning that uh, championship? Who wants to go first? I think they, are, they they probably have a chance of picking to seven games, and you know. It's, um, it's a game by game stuff. The, the, if you get to seven games, anything can happen. But obviously, the Lakers are the favorite, but they had the chance. Okay. They had the chance. Mm. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I don't, I, 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 in all sincerity, I think they have a real shot. I think they have a real shot. Like Bolish Riley said, they can take it to game seven, they can keep pushing it and. Just one poor performance from your from your opponent, and the ring is yours. I feel that if they keep on with this consistency, they re- they have a real shot at it. But like I said earlier, destroying the dynamism would, would just we know how it worked. Now we know <laughs> we know how it worked with Wallace Pause. <laughs> Changing the dynamism of the team would just scatter the whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
on the issue of on the issue of Miami Heat being healthy, um, I think the Lakers will still have won. But there were some games that the Miami Heat looked and they looked like they didn't belong there. The first two games looked like, oh my God, Lakers might sweep these people. Things like that would not would not have happened if they were healthy, actually. But I still feel the Lakers would have edged it. Um, on the issue of Miami Heat, I feel the reason why the Heat might want to go for Harden now is that the Godfather himself, by Charlie, feels like, okay, I'm running out of time as president of basketball operations or whatever really has in the Miami Heat. They might decide, yeah, like, Bullish made a statement. It's all potential. Talahiro has potential. This guy has potential. He has potential. They have potentials. There are no guarantees. Whether we like it or not, Harden offers a guarantee at this point. And it might just be the jigsaw that takes Miami Heat. If you don't lose Bam. Because if you lose Bam, you lose Hero, you lose John Robinson, and you lose all this part that you have Harden and I think that's the end. Anyway, away from the... About when it comes to adding is that, well, someone like Miami, as Bright said, I, I actually don't... Even as much as it's an assurance, bringing in adding will change the style of play, will um, alter their movement. If you see the way adding plays, when Chris Paul is the ball, Adin is at the half court. You no, know, it's not moving. It's not moving. It's not playing the play. And you look at Miami. Mm. They are doing triple hands off. They are, you know, running pick and rolls, bam, and then go around druggy. You need that fluidity in your attack. Adin will not offer that. Except you are sure that you can get Adin to come and sit down and say, okay, Adin, we know you have won um, scoring titles in the last year. Multiple MVP. You, you have to be ready to score just 20 points. And then you have to be part of the speed attack. You have to be ready to do the one off. You have to be ready to you know uh, run back doors. I don't think I can do that. So I don't think I don't think Miami will be the right for Adam. The best bet for Adam will actually be a team like Philadelphia because you have that one to punch with um, Joel Embiid and um, Adam. So so nobody wants nobody wants him to join like I want the whole world to see it so that so that so that all this clamor would oh my college will be a triple disaster waiting to happen. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, oh god. Away from the NBA, the Champions League draws were made on Monday for those that stay involved in the Champions League anyway. <laughs> like the draws were made maybe, and then um, <laughs> one way or the other. Boris's um, Barcelona found a creative draw and surprise surprise they're playing PSG. Um, I don't want to ask him how confident he is about the draw because he hasn't really been confident about the team. But I'm just going to ask, but do you believe that Barcelona can make it to the quarterfinals? With Coman, so the thing is, our elections are in January, so there's a possibility that <laughs> we'll have sacked Coman before then. So let me, let, me reserve, wow. let me reserve my optimism until I see what the new project does. If we sack Coman, you know, I will bring you someone with a with understanding of what we want, want to achieve. I might be more optimistic, but for now, with Coman and his uh, Baru Baru football, man. It's not Baru Baru. Ateta. Um, Aki, I know that. I know that. Um, Aki, I know that. I know that. Um, how do I put it? 
um, Arsenal are not in the Champions League, you know, being nah, God knows how long. What we are doing, the Champions League is the Champions League is still the biggest club competition in the world. And so far, what draw, what particular draw ah. caught your eye as a neutral? Like, what particular match did you say you were like, oh, I really want to watch this. Madrid, Chelsea. Like, uh, that game, that game, Why? like, um, I don't know, before um, Chelsea's last two matches, like, in the, in the, in the league, actually, I felt, I felt like the Atletico Madrid and Chelsea game was going to be like sort of 50-50. Like anybody could take it, you could nick it from one another and stuff like that. And with the form they are in right now, Atletico Madrid, um, they're going to be very, very challenge, uh, ready to actually challenge uh, Chelsea and likewise Chelsea also. But I don't know, I might be wrong. That's still the game I would love to watch, like both the home and away. It's going to be interesting. Wow. Um, Beje, your Azaranta, Bergamo are still in the Champions League as an amazing. No surprise, bro. No surprise. So they have the almighty task of. All right. They have the almighty task of eliminating Real Madrid, 13 times champion, and what have you. I feel like no chance, or do you have a another Cinderella story? With um, I, I, I think. Real Madrid will nick it out, but it would be a tough encounter because the first leg would determine the flow of that draw. Hopefully, Atlanta can get a good result at home, and um, maybe, maybe <laughs> nick out a draw at the Bernabeu Stadium. But anything other than that, I feel I feel that Real Madrid oh. should be able to win the return leg comfortably, and that would probably take them through. Uh, you guys have seen the at least we've seen the first round now, and in the second round we've seen how teams have looked this season. Um, Akin, do you have any favorites for the Champions League so far? Like a team that you believe, oh, they can actually. Well, it's still this. tight. I don't like. That. I don't want to <laughs> choose anything right now. Maybe after the second round, but for now, I don't think I don't think I have any favorite for now. Is 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 it's still a tough one? Anyway, it's safe to. See. Over in the Europa League, um, the draws have been made for the Thursday night gang. Bullish, so said at top of the at top of La Liga, they yeah, played well this year, and the Europa League, they've been playing well. Bo. They are second, sorry. They are second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are playing well. They, but they, they, they drew almighty Manchester United in the Europa League round of 32 draws. I've seen a, a bit of Sociedad to say that, okay, if they can play well, they should be able to get over United. But you just don't know which my United team will show up. If you had to stick your money where your mouth is, what team would you be so placing your yeah, I need to correct something. You said almighty my United. You are not in Stagnant, please. Please. will not be permitted on this podcast. It should be permitted. <laughs> please, remove your <laughs> almighty. Tell me almighty that I know you call it nice. Almighty for you in mathematics. There's no almighty united. Oh, no. Ah, no. Ah, no. Ah, no. United is not almighty anything. I'm sorry to say. So, but, ah. but United have the ability to right. stock opponents anyway. They have this um, 
they, they have quality of players. So it's not it's not like they cannot turn up one day and you know score four or five goals on reply. As we saw in the early stages of the Champions League, where they went, you know, Leipzig and then they beat them mercilessly and stuff like that. So there's a possibility that United does, you know, run away with the fight. But Sociedad have, have played with some kind of compactness all through the season. So I I I will probably give it a 55% chance my United goes through because obviously they have the better um quality players, they have the better ability and stuff like that. Even though their coach is uh almost like for long shot at the week. But, <laughs> but I, I I think I think my United will nick this um over Sociedad. Ah, Jesus you are too rude. <laughs> Wow. I probably I probably shouldn't be asking you about Man United, but so I probably wouldn't do that. Um elsewhere, Arsenal have found themselves in a, an interesting draw um against Benfica. That's if you didn't get the before that coming in. But between Benfica I love this. I love this. Is there, is there a question of the Wally? And, and <laughs> It's not a question, it's a statement, sir. Calm hold down. on, hold on. And hold on. Um, Befika, um, head coach, Hoggy was like, he's mm. asked now. I kind of respect them a little bit, but I'm not bothered. I don't have to do supervise. There's no point. He's asked now. I might as well just turn up with five legs. We'd win. So, <laughs> do you agree with him or do you feel like Benfica need to pay more attention Bro, to at this stage? Arsenal? Uh, if he says whatever he said is true, honestly, like, like we, uh, as fans, and I feel like um, every other fan shared the same um, um, bias or uh, opinion too that um, the Arsenal right now, even Brighton or Crystal Palace can beat the Arsenal right now. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the state where we are right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the state where we are right now. And uh, it's very sad that some Arsenal supporters still feel like, oh, uh, there's still light at the end of the tunnel and uh, oh, they could come back and stuff like that. Oh, God. Like, trust ah. me, the, the, the group was a different ball game entirely. I think we had one of the easiest groups. So I wouldn't base all my um, analysis or theory uh, or intend that we are going to beat Benfica on that. No, it's not going to work because Benfica is a good team. We all know that. And they are playing nice football right now. So if wow. Arsenal wins, wow. oh, they are not any. But <laughs> I wouldn't bet. I won't put my money on Arsenal on that day if I'm to even bet. <laughs> so so generator do not want <laughs> agenda. I don't think I put your money on anybody, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they're part, they're part I don't think you're money on anybody. You see, Arsenal is <laughs> struggling. You see, you see, Arsenal is struggling to score goals. Like they are not creating enough chances. If only they are no, uh, uh, some. Ozi, Ozi is playing for Puam. That's only going to be the best one. Ozi, Ozi is a PR now. That's only going to be the best one. Okay. Anyway, he's not the one running up and down the pitch, and the salary is not going to reduce for one hour. So, Bright, the love story between Dortmund and Lucian mm, Favre have come to an end sadly this week. But one way or the other, I feel like that's yeah, that's what I've been inconsistent around Favre and both of you. But how do you defeat Bayern? He made it to the second round of the Champions League, winning his group, 
and every other thing. They are, they are top four in the league. Obviously, they lost five one at home, but other teams <laughs> lose for lost six one at at home to Tottenham. The world didn't come to an end. So, I, do you feel like Dortmund are overreacting, or was it the right decision? The, maybe the I think, to I, I, for me, I think it was rash. Mm. I think it was a rash decision mm. yeah. because um, just I, 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 he came out of the blues for me. He came out of the blues. I, I never expected him to have lost his job because though they've been inconsistent, but they are in a good position in the league, in the Champions League, um, in the caliber of in their recruitment. In their style of play, they've had a rhythm. They've not been consistent, but they've had a rhythm. So I feel that that change was too radical. They might have their reasons, but it was too radical. They could have given him more time and set better goals for him. That we've been second fiddle for a very long time. We are giving you the social time fix this stuff. If you cannot fix it in a year or in two years, then you'll be out. I think it's radical. Considering their recruitment, their recruitment has been good. They've been playing good football at times, not all the time, but well, the board decides what the board wants. Mm. Yes. Well, anyway, Dortmund yes, uh, have decided that yes, they want to, to what, um, in uh, a different direction. Now. and yeah, said. It's very, very. It's one That's of it. the if if the English word can permit me, like rashest decision ever. Like if you look at this guy's um, win percentage in just two and a half years that he was there, I don't see any reason why they should have actually sacked him. I believe one of the reasons why they actually did was probably because he was losing the trust of the senior players in 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 in, in the team, and it was just a matter of time. They didn't want okay. to take any chances. Because that could also just tell on um, several young players. You know, there's a team that is actually filled with more young players than expected. In his first season, he was delivering. He ran. In fact, the way the way they overload opponents with 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 their offensive uh, threat at times was overwhelming. Like they used that was when they practiced the use of this three four three, and they had um, the yeah yeah formation, and they had this old old center back. Yeah, old center backs. Even this guy at some point played uh, center back position, uh, Emery Chan. And they had Akim on the uh, right, uh, and uh, Guerrero on the the other side. So the attack was, they didn't even have to like worry about defending. But now, this year, you have them using 4 2 3 1. They, they they tend to like draw back a whole lot. They don't, even the offensive work is not even as. Um, sharp or as uh, fluid as it was in his first year. So, mm-hmm. so th- those senior players questioned all those things and before you know now, you have the likes of Marco Rios and uh, what's his name again? It's just a matter of time. After that match against Tugat, they started saying all sort of things to the press. Like, I mean, so it was a ma- it was just a matter. I think it was just solely based on that because if you look at the win percentage, it's not bad. In just about one one of ten matches, so, he has won like sixty eight or so or there about. That's like sixty two percent for crying out loud. In just one half so I, I need to I I need to come in here, and the reason why I'm coming in is that as much as you guys are saying he has not been bad, has he been good enough? And the reason why I ask that question is that yes, um, their recruitment has been top notch. You know they are getting quality signings at every every position on the pitch. 
But that's not the coach's job. They have a sporting director that does that. Now, the coaching's job is to win trophies, to, uh-huh. to, to win titles. Now, who are you trying to defeat? You are trying to defeat Bayern. The question I will ask you is, can Lucien Favre win the Bundesliga with the kind of inconsistency he has continually displayed, especially this season? And the answer is no. You won't, you won't have won the Bundesliga with the kind of inconsistency. But the truth is, even though Bayern has been faltering in the league, you know, they've had some draws, they've had some losses, you need some cushion going into the crunch time in the league to actually win the league. So if games that you are expected to win, you are dropping points on, on, on characteristically, it, it eventually, so the borders will come to decision. Is this what we want? Do we want, and I like when decisions are taken in earnest, not like keeping Vavade for two years and hoping for miracle. <laughs> If you if you are not comfortable, if you are not comfortable, no, I'm serious. If you are not comfortable with what the coach is delivering at that point, if it does not tally with your goals, if you know that, if you look at the options and you ask the question, mm-hmm. can he get us to our objective? Well, no. Then get Bullish. Bullish. Who is the answer? Who is the Bullish. answer? Bullish. <laughs> Bullish. It's all. It's very unfortunate though. It's okay. very unfortunate that football is a kind of a, a resort driven uh, enterprise. You get that kind of level. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the truth. Like, when it's rosy, nobody, nobody, nobody. <laughs> okay, let, let me answer. Let me answer Bright's question. Let me answer Bright's question. Now, Bright said, yeah. who can? Now, the question, the answer I will give to Bright is that before Ansi Flick came in to Bayern and changed the dynamics of what was going on in the dressing room mm-hmm. and started getting results, you, if they asked you, can do who can you would mention Ansi Flick? So they have a sporting director who's collecting millions of euros. So I they, it is their job to sit down do and look at you know, it doesn't even have to be flashy. Ansi Flick is not a flashy manager, he's not a popular mm-hmm. manager. You just have to look at you know the player who are available in different levels. Who have you talked to? Whose project do you resonate with? Who do you think can steady the ship? Because you need someone to come and steady the ship to make sure that the senior players are comfortable with your tactics and they're able to bring the young players along. And you have, you have, you have a style that balances both. So if Lucien Favre cannot get you to do this job, you continue to change until you get someone who can get, get you, you know, to your destination. Before Jorgen Klopp came into Dortmund and won those two Bonetica titles, he was a nobody. Yes, he did well in means, but it was not like um, top echelon of managers. Exactly. So there are are a lot of people that can come in Uh and with what they have on ground. For example, Nagel's man, yes, he's inconsistent in Leipzig, but with the materials in Dortmund, he probably would do better. So there are different people that can come in and then you also get better results. Tenag is someone in Ajax that can also do who knows if it was a bit younger, maybe like the likes of uh, Johnny wow. Club or Teacher, um, they would have still kept kept him. Because I don't even think it's about age with Lucian um, Favre. I just felt like I just I don't I don't I don't think it, I don't think it was about age because even at, at the end of last season, it looked like they were going to get rid of was him. It, was it at the end of last season. last season? So it wasn't going to be an issue. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think Favre's problem, just one's problem with Favre, I beg your pardon, was about age or how old he was. They just felt okay, 
he should be doing better. I'll probably give you this season to see how it goes, and it wasn't. Regardless, I'm sure Favreau will always find himself on his feet. He's an outstanding manager. Anyway, before I decide to head out, um, I have just one question to ask. Um, I can the NFL season is in full swing now. Um, the pretenders <laughs> have been separated from the contenders as usual, but a debate will continue to um proceed like we're looking at how well Aaron Rodgers has been playing this year and Patrick Mahomes himself who uh, do you think should win the uh, NFL MVP based on how they've played so far based like, on how they've played so far actually I even check some stats like um Aaron Rodgers has been doing some good numbers like forget that they've lost those three this season uh yet or this regular season so far uh when it comes to okay Chiefs and the Packers they are the best uh, that the two best offensive right, right now in terms of uh, points by game, yeah, in both yeah, points by game and uh, pass, in both passes, yeah, yard yeah. passes and stuff like that, yeah. So, but then when you compare numbers, like when you yeah, compare yeah. the amount of interceptions yeah, they, they both had this season, this guy has been intercepted a whole lot, my own more than uh, Rogers. Uh, when it comes to um, completed um, passes. Uh-huh. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has that. He's making about 69, uh-huh. 69 to maybe 68, 68 to 68%. Wow. Uh, when it comes to what is it called? It okay, sense. I've said something about fewer interceptions, maybe four or five. So uh, when it comes to <laughs> passers rating, all these things, these are advantages. Like, And these are things that I feel they should look into when they, they're trying to like judge uh, who the MVP should be. But don't take it from uh, take it for uh, for 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 Patrick Mahomes actually. The guy is one very solid quarterback. I would like the guy the way the guy on the field is very 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 good. But for me I think the anyway. should should come out uh, uh, I, I don't I, I don't I don't want to like interrupt you and stuff but um bullish Rogers leads in QBR is number one in QBR, number one in touchdown, number one in touchdown to interception ratio, and what have you. But whether we like it or not, when it comes to sports and winning MVP, especially in the US, but there's always a narrative attached to it. People want to tell a story as to why you're winning your MVP. It's more than just the performances. Lama Jackson last year was about, oh, nobody has done this before, and what have you. Now, it looks like, is it is it an issue of we're taking Mahomes for granted? Or Rogers just deserves to win this particular. So the thing MVP is, you have to look at what they are working with. So to an extent, um, Mahomes has sure. more offensive mm. weapons to work with. Because even offensive at the weapons. beginning of the season, yeah, one sure. of the criticisms for uh, Green Bay Packers was that why are you drafting a quarterback when you're when you need the runners who can receive the ball. So you, you need to see what Aaron Rodgers has done with Lee. And I and I think he, he would eventually Aaron Rodgers would eventually win it. Now, now not just uh, because of he has the statistics, also the narrative aspect from the vo- from the voters thinking, okay, it's easier for Patrick Mahomes to get more MVPs. Let's say two years is younger, you know, he has more years to play. But this might want to be one of Aaron Rodgers' last best seasons. Yes, so they might want to yes. reward him. They might want to reward him with the MVP. So. I see there's a except something disastrous happens in the winning games. I see Aaron Rodgers taking at least the uh, MVP for this season. Well, um, Bryce is not much of an NFL fan, he doesn't care, doesn't give him money, but the FPL gives him money. 
the FPL gives me a lot of money and I'm still looking for my own. On, the, on, the, on the FPL but front, any um, news on the FPL just front? like I rightly complained last week, another person won it for the second time. So <laughs> it's becoming it's becoming annoying if I have to keep wow. sending money to the same people. <laughs> 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 Maybe, <laughs> maybe we keep picking our snap players in our team. That's what we're struggling for. Because Abamag is my captain, and I'm not no, going to change it in God knows how long. No, I see. Maybe that's my problem. Last weekend, I had to do 22 points on my bench. Oh, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> oh, 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 no, I think that's a... What the... Oh, God. Anyway, um, I'm afraid that's all we'll be able to do tonight, guys. Thank you so much for always doing this. Like, thank you so much for being here. And just before I leave, the answer to last week's trivia was um, Clemens Westhoff was the first uh, person to take Nigeria to, um, to, to walk up in 1994. Clemens Westhoff was the first person to take us to that walk up. Uh, anyway, um, today, to, uh, this week's trivia is quite easy if you ask me. The Champions League was renamed the UEFA Champions League in oh, 1992. Lord. Who won the first hey, Champions finally, League trophy? Our finalist, Alianza, since he can go, to the listeners out there. <laughs> Bright, Bright, you are, Bright, you are not allowed to join. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bolish, for Thank being you, here. Thank, Thank you so much for your insights. Thank you, Akin. Thank you, thank right, you, thank you. Can, you. Right, I'll go and get it from Vladimir Putin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You know where I get your money from. All right, please don't forget to stay safe. We are having lots of COVID cases out there. Please, guys, don't forget to stay safe. Until next week.